how you doing? So um, today what I'm going to do is we're going to, um, I'm going to preach a little bit of a supplemental sermon. Uh, we are continuing on through the book of Luke chapter 9, but um, last week uh, when I jumped around a little bit uh, to share the the, the connection between where Herod said, who is this man? And then Jesus asked the disciples, um, who do you say that I am? So if you didn't hear that sermon, it was a very important message. You need to go back and listen to that sermon. But because I did that jumping around, um, it kind of leaves a, a few little verses dangling there. And so what I want to do today is kind of um, preach these little verses that we kind of lost in the shuffle um, so that we can get back on track in the timeline for this Sunday um, because I believe every verse of the book of Luke is important and I don't want to skip over anything or keep you from experiencing what um, God has for us from uh, from this book and so uh, we're gonna jump into that for just a second so let's pray and then we'll jump into God's Word Lord thank you for this day thank you for your word and may it continue to open up the mysteries so that we may be connected to you and to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we are in uh, the book of Luke. If you want to have your Bibles or turn to it or just listen, that'll be fine. Uh, we're in the book of Luke, chapter 9. We're going to be in verses 21 and 22 and verses 43 and through 45. 21 and 22 and verses 43 through 45. So while you're getting there, um, quick thing, you know, have you ever tried, have you ever like been on Facebook and seen one of those um, crafts or um, menus or, or like a, a meal prep or whatever or have you ever been on Pinterest and seen one of these great ideas one of these great crafts or one of these great meals and and then you know you look at it and the recipe seems easy you have all the ingredients everything seems like it should work perfectly and then when you go to do it the end result never kind of lives up to the expectation and so I know that's happened to me. I've seen these recipes and it just seems easy, four or five ingredients, throw it in the crock pot and whatever. And I always end up looking at it and it never measures up quite to the expectation we have. Well, this is an interesting passage as we see a little bit um, kind of where we realize that um, Jesus, his revelation doesn't measure up to the disciples' expectations in this particular um, uh, situation. And so we're going to look at it and kind of see some of the transferable principles in our life here. So we're going to start with verse 21 and 22. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. All right, so what is he talking about here? Um, well, let's let, let's look at a little bit of context here. Right now, right right before this is the verse where Peter said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Okay, Jesus said, "Who do you say that I am?" Again, go back two weeks and listen to that message if you missed it. Jesus said, "Who do you say that I am?" And the, the disciples said, "Some think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're Elijah. Some think you're one of the other prophets resurrected." And Jesus said, "But who do you say that I am?" And Peter said. I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so Jesus responds to this, and we kind of leapt over these two verses, um, but we need to get back to it because it's very important. Jesus' response to this was, he strictly charged Peter and commanded them not to tell no one. 
saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day raised. So this is the first thing, uh, first time he kind of mentioned this. And I, I want to lump in with this uh, because I, it, it's interesting to know uh, verses 43 through 45, Jesus goes on to do some miracles. He feeds the 5,000. Uh, he uh, heals um, uh, a boy with an unclean spirit. And so all this happens, and the, the, the disciples were amazed. And so in verse 43, But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them so that they may not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask about this saying. So here we are, we have these two kind of very similar statements, and that's why we're putting these together, very similar statements where Jesus is predicting, foretelling his death. And so both of these are after these big announcements. First, Peter announcing, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, great, you were revealed. Matthew's account says that uh, Jesus tells Peter, you know, you're right in saying this and you're revealed, this was revealed to you by my father, by, by God. God gave this revelation to you. You didn't figure this out. The Lord, the, the Lord revealed that to you and that is why you happen to know that. And so, um, so that's going on. And then they continue on. They continue doing these fantastic miracles, feeding the 5,000, continuing to heal people. And the disciples were beginning, beginning to marvel at these things. And Jesus said, listen, all this is great. We're having a great time. We're making memories. I'm teaching you. I'm discipling you. But I'm about to be delivered into the hands of men. I, my time is almost at hand. And the disciples, they you know, they, they were just, you know, they didn't, no one wanted to speak up and say, I don't get it. You know, it's kind of like when you're in school and you don't understand something, no one wants to be the one to raise their hand and say, uh, teacher, I don't get it. What are you talking about here? And so it's kind of the same situation. The disciples, none of them understood what he was talking about, but no one wanted to raise their hand and say, Jesus, what do you mean? Surely you're not going to to, to die. And so that's kind of where we are. And so verse 21, why did Jesus tell them to tell no one that he was the Messiah? When, when the Lord revealed that to Peter, Jesus was very quick to say, yes, absolutely. You got it, Peter. The Lord revealed this to you and you're on it, but don't tell anybody. Why in the world would Jesus tell Peter and the disciples not to let that out yet? Well, because we're going, this theme is going to be um, kind of going through the expectations versus the revelation. You see, people's expectation of the Messiah was flawed. Uh, we even see this in disciples later on. The expectation of the Messiah was one of an earthly king that was going to come and to, to reign and to rise, to, to allow the, the Israel, uh, Israeli people to rise up and to become a superpower. And people had this nationalistic idea of who the Messiah was. And so Jesus said, listen, they're not ready to hear this message because what they're going to see, what they're going to see happen to me is going to confound their expectations of the Messiah. And so he tells them not to tell anyone. 
And then verse, um, verse 22, it says, The Son of Man must suffer many things. Again, these words are important and how he addresses it is important, but the idea of must. And that's an important thing because we have to know in here when he says that he must suffer these things, that's important for us when it comes to our theology and understanding of Jesus, sin, and the payment of sin. Christ's death was necessary. He had to be beaten. He had to be hung on the cross. And he had to die so that he could be resurrected. The death was necessary to accomplish salvation for all of humanity. It's called substitutionary atonement. He was the substitute. In other words, a debt had to be paid for our sin. And Jesus stood in our place and substituted. He paid the price for us. Now, in the other section, verse 43, again, all these miracles are going on, and the disciples are like, wow, this is amazing. And Jesus says, listen, this is great, but you must know a time is coming where I'm going to be handed over to the sons of men, son of man. Um, and so the disciples marveled again, but again, Jesus wanted to remind them of the purpose of his ministry. He said, gosh, you know, the, what we're doing, this is great, but all of these miracles... The point of these miracles, the point of feeding the 5,000, the point of raising Lazarus from the dead, the point of all of these miracles is to point to the message of the gospel. Jesus is like, all, all of this is leading up to what I'm about to do for you. What I'm about to do for you because you can't do this on your own. And what I'm about to do is the most important thing. All of these things, these miracles, these situations, they all point to where I'm going. And so it's very important. The disciples didn't understand the revelation, but they kept it to themselves. Matthew's account of this uh, has Jesus say, uh, when Peter made the declaration that was not revealed, uh, again, Matthew's account says, you know, when Jesus, uh, when Peter said, you are the son of the living God, the Messiah, and Jesus, remember, I just was talking about this, how Jesus said, it is revealed to you by my father. You know, that you didn't come up with this on your own. And so as he continues on, Peter, Peter's just that person. You know, he's got that, that, that personality. He's very bold. He's very brash. And, he, and you have to understand that God revealed to him the person of Jesus, that he was the Messiah, but he had not yet revealed to him the purpose. He revealed to him the person of the Messiah, but not yet the purpose of the Messiah. And we know this because when Jesus told them that he had to be handed over, that he was going to be handed over, remember Peter came to him and, and, and he pulled Jesus aside. And he came to and he told Jesus, Jesus, surely not you. You cannot die. And what did Jesus say? He said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I don't ever want to be called Satan by Jesus. You see, that's the thing. The Lord had revealed the person of Jesus to Peter, but not yet the purpose. You see, again, it's the expectation versus revelation. It's our expectation of what God is doing versus revelation. Peter had an expectation of who Jesus was and what he was going to do, and the revelation had not yet come to reveal to him exactly what it was actually going to be. And so... Because of the expectations of God and the revelations of God are often at odds, we are going to often be disappointed. You're going, as a Christian, you're going to be disappointed. 
not in God per se, but you're going to be disappointed because your expectations will often come against the revel true revelation of God. You have an expectation of what God's supposed to do in your life. You have made plans. You have an expectation of how God should fix this situation. I'm supposed to, uh, Lord, you're going to, uh, I expect you to provide for me because I'm in debt. And so I expect money to come from the trees when God's like, yeah, but I, instead, I either provided you with another job or I provided you the means to get rid of the debt, some of those things that you don't really need. And you're like, yeah, 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 but that's not my expectation. The expectations often collide with the revelations. So what do we do about it as a person? As we come to this understanding of God, what do we do about this? Well, a couple of different things, just realistically, just practically in our life. One, we need to measure your expectations against scripture. This is why we have to be very careful against some of the preachers that are on television, some of the preachers that are on that, that are sell the bestseller books or whatever. We have to be very careful that we measure our expectations against scripture and not other resources, okay? That, that we don't simply think that if we pray, if we do good things, that, you know, that this idea of karma, that if, if I just sow enough good things, then good things are gonna come back to me and everything's gonna work out. Well. Everything does work out according to God's plan, but what we need to understand is our plans may not equal or, or line up with God's plans. And so what we have to do is come up with a, a, a right understanding of God, of who he is, and that is only done by getting into scripture. Secondly, know that you will know what you're meant to know when you're meant to know it. All right, that's very confusing. Know that you will know what you're meant to know when you're meant to know it. You're not meant to know everything. If you knew the entire plan, if the disciples knew from the very beginning that Jesus was the Son of God and all of everything that was going to come up against it, they would have been fearful. They would not have been able to accomplish the task. If God was able to tell you everything up front, there's no way you would line up to be the person God intends you to be. He tells you what you need when you need to hear it. And so we need to understand you're going to know what you need to know when you need to know it. And then thirdly, we need to look at the big picture. The big picture of this, I mean, when we just boil it all down, is that Jesus said that my time has come. And the big picture is we need to understand and look at our life through the lens of God and through the lens of the gospel. You see, they had an expectation that Jesus was going to continue doing these great miracles, not understanding that the greatest miracle was coming. The greatest miracle was going to happen on that third day when he rose from the grave. The greatest miracle was going to take place because none of us, none of us, can in our own strength make it to glory, make it to God, be made right, be made righteous with God. Only through the sacrificial atonement of Jesus Christ can we ever be made right with God. And so I just encourage all of us, one, to, to measure out our expectations, but use your scripture when you do it. Number two, know that you're going, know that you will know what you're supposed to know when you're supposed to know it. And third, Look at the big picture, and the big picture is that Jesus loves you. 
and he has a plan for your life. Jesus has, Jesus loves you and he died on the cross for you. He died on the cross for you so that you have access to God the Father without Jesus' sacrificial payment on the cross, without that horrific uh, beating, without, that, without the, the entire Passion Week that we know of, uh, of Good Friday and Easter, without that entire situation taking place, we would not have access to God the Father. And so as we look at those things, as Jesus foretells his, his death, he did so trying to align the disciples' expectation with revelation. And so it is with us as he continues to unfold our plan and he begins to just allow us to peek in a little bit of the plan. He reveals enough to where we're intrigued. He reveals enough to where we can get, get in and get more and more involved until he's able to reveal himself and we surrender ourselves and follow into his plan. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that uh, you have not revealed the entire plan of my life uh, when I first became a Christian because I there's no way I could have handled this journey knowing it ahead of time. God, I thank you that you did You did fall in the hands of men. And I thank you, God, that you endured the beating and the death that I deserve so that I may have access to you. God, that we never lose sight of that love, the sacrificial love that you have for us. And may we strive every day to honor you and to love you as our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I can't wait to see you this Sunday as we continue through our journey, um, as we look at what Jesus says, the next step, as he's now that he's told the uh, disciples that this is what's going to happen to him he kind of goes to that next step and says what's required of you of the disciples of Christians that you must take up your cross and follow him what does that look like I'll tell you this Sunday see you have a great day mm -hmm.